Good morning, good morning, good morning. Who had a good weekend? Did you guys have a good weekend? Okay. You can finish your saying whatever you're saying about your weekend. Good, good, good. Okay, who's pumped to be at church today? Yes, good. I am thrilled to be at church today. I love church. What is not to love about church? We come here, we get together. It's like, it's like hanging out with your friends in the morning. I love the morning time. To me, like, I go to bed at like 8. I like get home from work and I'm like, better have dinner now because in one hour I've got to go to bed. I like have dinner at, you know, like 4.30 on the way home from work. I like haven't even left. I'm like eating so I can go to bed. But I love the morning. I love morning time church. And it's kind of rare to have youth group in the morning. It is. A lot of youth groups meet in the evenings. A lot of them do it. But I love that we have it in the morning because we start off our day with youth group. We start off our day praising the Lord. We start off our day getting into the word. We start off our day praying with one another. And you know what? That doesn't just have to be a Sunday thing. In fact, that can be an everyday thing. That can be an everyday for you thing. Spending time with the Lord, getting into the word, praising God, that can be an everyday thing. And I just want to start off this morning by saying, if you're not reading your Bible on a regular basis, if you're not spending time with God, and I don't mean you have to open up your Bible and read 17 chapters every day, but what I do mean is if you're not starting your day off by preparing spiritually, if you're not starting your day, starting your morning by getting into your word, praying, talking to the almighty creator, the God, the father who loves you, start. Start doing that. It's not too late. Just because it's mid-January, or I don't even know what date it is, just because it's not January 1st, that doesn't mean it's too late. It's not too late. Get in your word. It's so worth it. Okay? Okay. Raise your hand if you do not currently have a Bible with you here today at church. Raise your hand. High up. You're going to get one. You need it. Raise your hand. Um, well, okay, so I guess I can't do a poll. We'll just have to wait. I'll take a poll after our hands are done being raised. Okay, time to take a quick poll. I have a, I have a poll to take. I want to know something. How many of you drive? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you drive. Okay, a lot of you drive. Put your hand down. Put your hand down. Put your hand down. How many of you can drive stick? Good. Good for you. All right. How many of you... I have another poll. It's a different one. You're going to want to hear it, so stop talking front row. Actually, this whole front row. (laughs) I love all of you, but quiet. Okay. How many of you... Know the difference between a star, a shooting star, and just a plane in the night. Okay, great. When I was in seventh grade, when I was in seventh grade, you led us into the worship this morning, so quit detracting from the message. I love you, I'm just joking. When I was in seventh grade, I was driving in the car with my family, and my family's uh, minivan, it was cool, had a big sunroof. So I was driving in the car. I wasn't driving. I was in seventh grade, obviously, but I was riding in the car, and out the moonroof, I said, oh my goodness, family, everyone look, a shooting star. 
And my brother said, that's a plane. And I said, no, it's not, you idiot. That there is a shooting star. And mind you, the fact that our conversation was lasting this long and we were still talking about the star, like that should have like tipped me off that like maybe that's not a shooting star. Like they don't last that long, right? But I was like, no, 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 that's a shooting star. And my family ended up getting in an argument with me, like all of them against me. Even my parents, like my parents are like at this point in their 40s and they're like, Michelle, come on. Like it's still happening. Like that is a plane. There's a red blinking light. Like that is a plane. There's the green light. We can see it all. It's a plane. And I was like, no, it is not. That is a shooting star. And I was so blinded by what I thought. I was so blinded by what I was thinking, what I wanted it to be, that I wouldn't listen to what my parents had to say. I wouldn't listen to what my brother had to say. I wouldn't listen to the other people in the room because I knew what I wanted it to be. And I was being stubborn in that moment. How many of you have been there? Okay, great. Then fast forward. I was 16. Yeah. I was 16 one time. Oh yeah. I was 16. I'm not now, believe it or not, but I was 16. So I was 16 and I had my driver's license, but I, had, I didn't have an, I didn't have a, a stick shift. I only drove an automatic. Um, and one day, so, so my family lives in this house, um, on a big steep hill and it's like a one way road. Okay. So there's, it's not like a normal neighborhood. Like you imagine a normal neighborhood. That is not my neighborhood. Okay. My neighborhood, you have to drive half a mile up this very windy one lane road and it's like a steep hill and there's my house. And, and one day I was sitting at home alone and I was so bored. I mean, I was like so bored. This was before Netflix. Um, there was, I mean, Netflix existed, but you had to like get your discs mailed to you. Like that was where we were in this time. Um, there was no Instagram. I could, I could, was just so, I needed to be entertained. Um, and so I looked out the window of my house and I saw my little brother's truck. He had this truck. It was like a truck from the seventies. It was very old and it was a stick shift. And I looked at it and I thought, I bet I can drive that. So, I think to myself, I know what I'll do. I'll get on the interwebs, and I'll Google it, how to drive sticks. So I did that. So I get on the internet, and I'm like, I'm like looking it up, like, how do you drive a stick shift? And I'm like reading the, like, you know, like, what is it, e-how, or, um, is that what it's called? Wiki-how. I'm like, wiki-how. It's like, how you drive it. And I'm like, okay. This seems, I mean, this seems easy. You, like, push a pedal, and then another pedal, and then kind of at the same time, but, like, also maybe not at the same time the whole time and then you move the thing like great I'm thrilled so I see that and I'm like okay great I can do that that's so easy um no problem so I I find the key it's hidden somewhere I find it I take it and I go outside and I'm like this rocks man this is gonna be great so I like I I put the key in the ignition I start it kind of I don't I still I don't know if I started it still maybe it started I don't know and I look down the road and like a hundred yards down the road my neighbor's having a big, a big party like, all these people are in his front yard. Like, they're having this massive party. Looks great. And I'm I, to me, like, there was nothing in my mind that said, like, maybe this isn't a good time for you to, like, just try to drive stick. I just thought, like, oh, that's a thing that's happening there. So I turn on the car. Maybe I turned it on. I don't know. I put it in gear. Maybe, again, who's to know? And I just go. And all of a sudden, I'm just, like, go rolling down our hill like at full speed and I was like kind of breaking but like unsure and like the clutch is something that was happening I I don't know and so then next thing you know I'm in a bush in the front yard of the neighbor's house that's having this party 
So there's like this many people there and they're all like, ah, like jumping out of the way. It's like the scene from a movie and I like full speed into this bush and there I am. And um, the owner of the house had to like take the car back for me. And for some reason, I remember this was such a bummer. I was like, his name's Stu. I was like, Stu, can you just take the car? I'm so sorry I interrupted your party. Can you just take the car and put it back? I don't think I can drive back uphill. And he was like, yeah, sure. So he just, like, gets in the car and goes. So then I had to, like, walk of shame, like, a 100 yards, just, like, following the car. Like, yes, that is me. I am the girl who's done this. It was horrifying. Let's pray. (laughs) Lord, we love you. We believe in your word. We believe that what you say is good, God, and we want your wisdom. So this morning, Lord, I ask that you would speak to us, that you'd speak through me, God, but that more importantly, you'd speak to each person here individually because, God, I believe, I fully believe that you speak to us. You speak to us and you want us to hear and you want us to listen because the things you have to say are good and they're true. You have good things to say about us. You have good things to say to us. You have good direction to give to us. And so, God, I ask for that this morning. Would you speak truth to us? In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're in a wisdom series. We just started this wisdom series. I think we started it last week. Um, Here it is. Wisdom at all cost. Wisdom at all cost. So, ah, I just kind of slipped. It's okay. Wisdom at all cost. So wisdom. I wanted really quickly, I wanted to define what is wisdom. Because a lot of times we use, um, like, knowledge, understanding, wisdom as, like, synonyms for one another. So I want to talk about what each of them are. So get out your piece of paper that you're taking notes on so faithfully, or your phone. You can use the notes tab. Just, you know, put on airplane mode, because if you're like me, you'll get a snap, and then it's all over. So take out your pen and paper and write this down. Knowledge is the ability to collect and to attain, retain, to collect and retain information. So knowledge is just like information, okay? So, like, imagine back when I um, was, like, wiki how to drive stick. Like, I, like, had all the knowledge about how to drive a stick shift. Most of it. Had all the knowledge. Okay, so that's knowledge. It's information. If you're knowledgeable, you have the capacity to hold on to information. A lot of the Pharisees that we read about in the New Testament were very knowledgeable. They knew the scriptures. They knew the scriptures down to, to a T, you know. They knew it. They were knowledgeable. The next one is understanding. So write down understanding. If you have understanding, you're able to abstract the meaning out of information. So people with a great understanding tend to be like teachers. Like like they have great understanding and they're able to take meaning out of information. They like abstract it out. So it's like you, you you go a step past knowledge and you have understanding. You're able to like interpret information, okay? Understanding is the ability to find meaning in information. So knowledge, understanding, and now wisdom. Wisdom is to know which principle to apply now. Wisdom is knowing what to do next. Wisdom is knowing what's coming and which path to take, okay? Does that make sense? So those are the differences. Knowledge is like information. Like you can have a list of scriptures. You got it. Understanding is being able to like maybe call into action like or call to memory one of those passages and like say it and explain what it means. But wisdom... Wisdom is knowing when to speak. Wisdom is knowing when to share a verse that maybe meant a lot to you, but but might not be the right time right now to share with someone else, okay? So wisdom 
is knowing when to act. Wisdom is tied to action. James 3, 13 through 37 is where we're going to be um, reading out of today. So if you want to turn there, James 3. Get out your Bible. Your Bible matters. It's important. You want to read it. There's wisdom in it. James 3. What was that first story I told? James 3, 13 through 17. So right now, verse 13 says, James 3, verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that come from wisdom. This is interesting to me, because it doesn't say, Who is wise and understanding among you? Give me a list of all the passages that reference joy. It doesn't say, Who's wise and understanding among you? Tell me, what's the unforgivable sin? It doesn't say, who is wise and understanding among you? Read back to me everything I've ever said to you. It's not asking for information. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. Being wise isn't about having a bunch of knowledge. Being wise isn't about being the smartest person in the room. Being wise is about living a good life in humility. A good life in humility. So often we, we hear people who are prideful and arrogant about the information that they have. They're prideful and arrogant about their knowledge. And maybe we think, man, that person's wise. They know so many Bible verses. Gosh, that person's got it. But actually what the Bible says is that wisdom looks like humility and good deeds. Wisdom looks like kindness to others. Wisdom looks like, like reaching out to someone who's struggling. Wisdom allows you to recognize when someone's struggling and to reach out to them. That's wisdom. It's so contrary to what the world says wisdom is, and and that brings us actually to our next point. No, it does not bring us to our next point. We're actually not ready yet. (laughs) Who is wise and understanding among you? (laughs) That is hysterical. Oh, well. Live it. If you have wisdom, if you know the scriptures, if you have information and you have understanding, you don't have wisdom until you live in your understanding. You don't have wisdom until you apply the things that you've learned, the things that you've read. Wisdom is taking an action step in the information you have and with the understanding you have. Wisdom isn't just knowing stuff. Wisdom isn't just having a bunch of stuff locked away in your mind. Wisdom is marked by a good life lived in humility. Wisdom is marked by a good life lived in humility. Paul is saying live it. He's saying, who's wise and understanding among you? Don't act like the Pharisees who walk around like they know everything, who walk around like the moral police. We know people like that. We've seen that. How difficult is it to be around people who are the moral police? How difficult is it to be around people who are pointing out each and everything wrong with you, with someone they disagree with, with the world? Here's the thing. That's not wise. That's not wisdom. Wisdom is good deeds lived in humility. I think something that we often forget, or maybe it's even hard to talk about, is the way that we, um, information can lead us in wisdom, okay? So information can lead us in wisdom. So, So getting into our word, like we talked about earlier, like I said earlier, getting into your Bible, knowing your Bible. I'm not saying that that's bad. In fact, that's really good. 
And your Bible leads you to wisdom. Your Bible leads you there. And getting into the word matters because with it, we get the wisdom of God. We receive the wisdom of God. The more I read my Bible, the more humble I am. It just is the way it is. The more I get into the word, the more I pray, the more I love Jesus, the more humble I am. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. I think it's the power of the Spirit, probably. Makes sense. But here's the thing. If I read my Bible day in and day out and I never apply what it says, then I'm unwise. That's the thing. If we read our Bibles, if we go to church, if we hear these messages and we think, that's pretty good, but we never apply it and we never live it, that is unwise. It's like reading directions about how to drive a stick shift, but never, like, well, I guess I did try. Alas, didn't work. We can read all these directions about trying to drive a stick shift, but if we don't live it out, if we don't ask someone to help us along the way, if we're not living our life seeking wisdom, we're just trying to do things, then that's unwise. Sometimes we try to go rogue and we try to do things on our own. I wish I would have asked my dad to teach me to drive stick. Um, I think he would have said yes excitedly, but instead I tried to do it on my own. So often we want to live these lives that are, that are um, aimed at what we want, aimed at our desires, and we aim at other things other than wisdom. Our lives are meant to be aimed at Jesus. Our lives are meant to be aimed at wisdom. But so often we aim our lives at other things. We aim our lives at being cool. We aim our lives at pleasing ourselves. We aim our lives at, at getting what we want. We aim our lives at selfishness. But the Bible tells us to aim your life towards Jesus and to aim your life towards wisdom. To seek out wisdom. That's why Sam, um, Sam wanted this message or this series to be called Wisdom at All Cost. And I really love that. I really love that. Because I think a lot of times we're, we're a little more casual with it. We're a little more casual with the wisdom that we receive. Don't raise your hands, but how many times have you, have you read your word and, and it said something like, um, like, guard your tongue. And you just haven't. Or how many times have you read the word and it has said something like, let your thoughts be pure. And you just haven't. Or how many times have you read something in the word that says, don't gossip about your friends, but you've done it anyways. We've all done that. We've all done that so many times. And I'm not bringing, I'm not trying to, um, to make anyone feel bad. I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad. But what I'm trying to say is that God has a better way. And if we take this seriously, if we take this thing, this Bible, if we take the word of God seriously, if we take God himself seriously, then we'll live by it. We'll live in wisdom. We'll seek out wisdom. James 1, 22 through 25 says, Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but, do not, but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face or her face in the mirror and after looking at himself or herself goes away and immediately forget what he or she looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom... Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. When we look into the perfect law, when we read our word, when we dive in and we don't forget it, but we continue in it, we walk in it, we try at it, we give it our best, those people will be blessed in all that they do. I don't know about you guys, I don't often look in the mirror and then like forget. I'm not like looking in the mirror and the next mirror I see, I'm like, ah, who's that girl? 
she's cute. Like, I don't, like, that doesn't happen to me. Like, I remember what I look like, you know? Like, I'm not looking in the, well, you know, sometimes. You know, you ever, like, catch your reflection, you, like, don't know your reflection's going to be there, and you're like, ah! That's definitely happened. But you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I don't often forget. And here's the thing. I don't think we often forget what the word says, but I think a lot of times we just choose another way. I don't often forget what it says because the word pierces my heart like a double-edged sword, and it does for you too. I know it does. We don't often forget, but we do often choose. We do often choose. Um, who likes fast food? I mean, I do. Certain fast foods. Who likes Burgerville? Yes, Lord. You are faithful with those burgers and those fries. Um, I love Burgerville. <laughs> probably, should, probably shouldn't worship the Lord for Burgerville. I love Burgerville. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going somewhere with this. It matters. I love Burgerville. Molly loves Burgerville. We eat it much too often. Much too often. And here's the thing. I am under no disillusion. I know that Burger Grill hurts my stomach every time. Like every single time. And then I'll go to the Costco food court. And again, it hurts my stomach every single time. And I'm in the line and I'm like, that pizza looks good. I can smell it. These kids are walking past me and their pizza is the size of my torso. And I just want it so bad. But I know it hurts my stomach, but maybe not this time. Like, maybe not this time, you know? Or, like, I'll go through the Burgerville drive-thru, like, alone at, like, 9.30 in the morning. Like, yes, I did that yesterday. And no, I didn't get a breakfast sandwich. I got a burger and a shake, and it's fine. But I did that, and I was going through the drive-thru, and I was like, hi, Linda, it's me again. Yes, um, my usual is fine. Thank you. <laughs> I wish so bad I was joking more about this. <laughs> And it hurts my stomach every single time, but I always do it. And a lot of times I'll be, like, leaving my house, and I'll, like, see a vegetable. And I'll be like, well, maybe on the way to work, I could, like, have this vegetable. <laughs> but then I remember Burgerville, and I choose it. I don't forget that it hurts my stomach. And I don't forget that I feel better that salad doesn't, right? I don't forget that that makes me feel better. But here's the thing. I choose it because it's temporarily better. Because I like it temporarily a little bit more. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, the thing that's better for me is that vegetable that I don't... I can't even think of the name of, veg, of a vegetable right now. That's how poorly my New Year's resolution is going. Um, but here's the thing. I don't think we often forget what the word says. I don't think we often forget what God has called us to. I don't think we often forget the holiness that God has called us to. But I do think that a lot of times we just choose a different way. We just choose our way. We just choose the common way. We choose the thing that everyone else is doing. And here's the thing. That's worldly wisdom. But God has something better for us. He has godly wisdom. He has something better for us. And sometimes in a moment of making a choice, it's so much more difficult to choose godly wisdom but it's always better for you. It doesn't leave you hurting. Godly wisdom does not leave you in pain. Godly wisdom does not leave you in a place of darkness. Worldly wisdom does. It does. The rest of this passage in, in James 3, verse 14 says, and it's talking about wisdom still, it says, but who is, oh, let's read this part. Sorry, can we go back? 
Who is wise and understanding among you, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Verse 14. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. This wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Where you have selfish ambition, ouch. Like, does any, do any of us not have selfish ambition? Don't raise your hands to be funny. All of us do. Okay, we all do. We all have selfish ambition. But where there is selfish ambition that guides our decision-making, that's what this is saying. When selfish ambition or envy guides your decision-making, it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. When selfish ambition guides your decision-making, it leaves disorder and every evil practice. If your so-called wisdom is coming from a place of selfishness, if, if your wisdom starts with an excuse, let's say you're in a situation, maybe, maybe you're in a conflict with a friend. Maybe there's conflict with a group of friends, and, and maybe your wisdom on the situation comes from somewhere selfish because you want to be right, so you're twisting the truth. That's evil and demonic, and it leaves bitterness and disorder among community. Let's say you're, you're, you're in a situation with friends, and, and maybe someone's done something against you, and then you did something to hurt them back, and instead of being honest about it, your wisdom starts with an excuse for your actions. That is selfish. It leads to disorder. It leads to evil. It doesn't lead to life. You guys, I've had to apologize many a time. I've done some, I've done some stupid things, and I have had to apologize so many times. And Sam, I wish he was here. He makes fun of me sometimes because he says, he goes, a lot of times <laughs> he makes fun of me because he'll be like, what, how does he phrase it? You know how Sam just phrases things so funny? And then I come in and I'm like, here, I have some words. Um, <laughs> Sam makes fun of me a lot because sometimes, like usually for me, like the conviction of the spirit couldn't be more immediate. Like I'm, I like say something snarky to someone and I'm like, and then I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And it's like literally like happens like so immediately. And I'm so good at apologizing because I just like am stupid often and have to apologize often. And I think that's okay. But, but so often apologies for me come from places where I did things out of selfishness, where I did things that were for me and they weren't for God and they weren't for others. They were just for me. And you guys, I know that this is hard because the world tells us it's about you. The world tells you, the world's wisdom says it's all about you. It's about what you want. It's about what you can get. It's about who you can get. But actually, it's not. It's about who you can serve. It's about who you can love. It's about who you can care for. It's about who you can lift up. And it's about who you can obey by doing all of those things. Because love and grace and goodness, when we pour that out towards others, that comes straight from God, and that is godly wisdom. Selfishness isn't wisdom. Meanness isn't wisdom. Boasting. Boasting isn't wisdom. Conflict between people isn't wisdom. What God says is wise is what the world says is foolish. God says, give your money. God says, give your tithe. Give your money and you'll receive blessings. The world says, take your money, keep your money, hoard your money, gamble your money, be reckless with your money. God says, no, give me your money. Give me your money and I'll pour out blessings on you. The world says, promiscuity is sexual freedom and it's okay. God says, that is not freedom. That's bondage. Promiscuity is sexual bondage, and don't enter into it because it's harmful for you. It's harmful for your heart. It's harmful for your body, and it's harmful for the people around you. 
Wisdom is being able to look ahead when you can't actually look ahead. Wisdom is being able to foresee the future of a decision when you kind of can't. Wisdom is saying, I'm going to protect myself now. I'm going to not enter into a sexual relationship now because I want to care for whoever this other person is for their future. Wisdom loves someone else enough not to enter into a sexual relationship with them before you're married. That is love. That is care. That's wisdom. And it's so opposite of what the world says. The world says it's okay to be combative with those who disagree with you. God says, love your enemies. God says, love those who disagree with you. God says, care for those who disagree with you. God says that you should clothe those who take clothing from you. If someone asks you for your coat, give them all your coats. If someone slaps you on the cheek, let them slap you again. That's what God says. That's godly wisdom. God says, lay your life down. The next verse says, and I love this, verse 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, then considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. I love that. Wisdom that comes from God, that comes from heaven, is pure and peaceful and considerate of others, and it submits to others, and it submits to God. It's merciful towards those who've wronged you. It's merciful towards the poor. It's merciful towards the oppressed. It has good fruit. It's impartial. It isn't selfish. And it's sincere. Wisdom is marked by a holy life. Wisdom is marked by a holy life followed by the fruits of the Spirit. True wisdom looks like Jesus. True wisdom actually is Jesus. Jesus is the wisdom of God. Jesus was with God in the beginning of everything. And then he came to save us, bringing God's wisdom to earth. Because when we want wisdom, if you want wisdom, if you're thinking right now, I want to live a wise life, I want that. I want wisdom. I want to make wise choices. I want to live a life marked by um, good deeds and humility that comes from wisdom. Do you know how you get it? Jesus. That's where we get wisdom. The same place that we get life, the same place that we get peace and joy and goodness, we get wisdom from Jesus Christ because Jesus lived a truly wise life. Jesus lived a life that was wise that we can follow, and Jesus also embodies wisdom in a way that when we accept him, we accept that. How many of you as Christ followers, how many of you who know Jesus have have had a situation where something in your gut is leading you towards Jesus, is leading you towards something wise, and everything else around you is telling you, no, 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 do what you want. But something deep down inside is telling you to go the wise way. How many, how many have had that happen? How many have had that happen? Raise your hands. So many hands going up. That's the Holy Spirit. That's Christ in you. That's wisdom that you've been given because you love Jesus. Continue in that. The Bible calls us to continue in that and remain in that because that's good. And it's offered to you freely from Jesus Christ. Can the worship team come back up as we finish? Jesus is king. We're not done. We're not done. Jesus is king. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He rules and he reigns. And and because Jesus is king, if we follow him, We obey him. Jesus said that his love is made complete in us when we obey him. When we obey the commands that Christ has given us, his love is made complete in us. If Jesus is king, let's obey him. Let's obey him because that leads us to wisdom. That leads us to a wise life. That leads us to walking in a way that isn't just 
gathering information about how to drive through life, but instead it's having someone come with you and teach you. It's about having someone come alongside you and talk you through life. How many of you have used Siri and she saved you from being lost? Okay, Jesus is better than that, okay? Jesus is greater than that. Jesus takes you away from being lost and he sits right next to you and tells you where to go. Jesus sits right next to you and gives you grace and wisdom and love as he guides you. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I really don't like, we're, not, we're almost done. I really don't like um, that song, Jesus Take the Wheel. Not because of the, I mean, I actually do kind of like the song, but, but I don't like what it means because I don't, I don't think Jesus is saying, hey, give me the wheel. I don't think that's what he's saying to us. I think what Jesus is saying to us is, hey, listen to me. You keep steering. You can do it, but listen to me. Listen to where I tell you to go. Listen to where I tell you to turn. Listen to when I tell you to turn around and come back. I don't think he's saying, hey, give up the reins because you have free will. You have free will and you have a choice. You can choose to turn towards him or you can choose to turn away from him. You can, turn to cho- you can choose to turn toward Christ or you can choose to turn towards selfishness, towards the world, towards darkness. And I want to tell you guys right now, right now you can choose to turn back. Right now you can choose to turn away. Right now you can hear the voice of God say, hey, turn around. Turn around and look me in the face because I love you. I want to give you grace and forgiveness. I want you to walk in freedom. Will you guys stand with me? Matthew, Matthew 7, verse 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for a loaf of bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, would give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil humans know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Some of us in this room right now are saying, I want to ask for wisdom. I want wisdom in my life. Some of us in this room are saying, I need forgiveness. I want to repent of my evil ways. I want to repent of selfishness. I want to repent of going my own way. I want to repent of chasing cool instead of chasing God. Some of us in this room are feeling like we need something from Jesus right now. Maybe you just need a word. Maybe you just are saying, Jesus, I want a word from you. Lord, I want to hear from you. God, I want to know your voice. And I want to tell you that God hears you and he will give you the good gifts that you ask for. So can we close our eyes and ask? Let's close our eyes and let's ask our heavenly father, the God who loves us, the God who pours out good gifts, the God who looks at us and says, my child, can we ask him for the things that we need? With every head closed and eyes and eye bowed, if you are just saying right now that you want to repent, if you're thinking in your heart, I want to repent, I want to turn away from selfishness, I want to turn away from, from headed towards the world, I want to turn away from, from sexual promiscuity, I want to turn away from, from pleasing myself instead of honoring God, with every eye closed and head bowed, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. If that's you right now, raise your hand, lift your hand. No one's eyes are open. I'm, this is, it's, it's just between you and God, and I just want to pray for you. And so many hands are up, and you guys, God sees you. All right, I want to pray for a second group of people. 
I want to pray for a a group of people who know the wisdom of God. You feel like you've been hearing it. You feel like you know what God says. You know the goodness of him. You know what he asks of you. You know that he asks for righteousness and holiness. But instead, instead you've been denying it. You've been looking in the mirror and you've been turning away. You've been saying, I don't really want that. I want this. And, and, And if you want to turn away from that and you want to turn back towards God, would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand and we can pray. God, I want to lift up these people who have raised their hands, Lord, and me too, God. For all of us in this room, Lord, I ask that you would change us, God, that you would change our hearts and you would would set our sights on you, God. We want to be looking straight to you, Jesus. No longer do we want to conform to the pattern of this world, but instead we want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We want to be transformed by changing changing our line of sight, God. No longer do we want to look internally at what pleases me or or what I want, or what's good for me. But God, instead, we want to say, how can I honor you? How can I walk in the wisdom of God? How can I live for Jesus day in and day out, whether I feel like it or not, God? I pray that you'd spark a fire in the lives of these people this morning, God, that we would walk out of here and we would live in wisdom. And I want to ask for one more one more group. If you're in the room today and you've never said yes to Jesus before, never said yes to him and 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 maybe something's been stirring in you for a while or maybe something's been stirring in you this morning and you're just saying i want to know him i want to know him i want to be in the family of god i want to know the love of god i want to know the love of christ i want to live the life in fullness that christ offers for me no one's looking around heads are down eyes are closed but but if that's you would you raise your hand that's you would you raise your hand and and i just want to pray with you and if that's no one that's okay but we never want to give up an opportunity to ask if someone wants to come into the family of god if someone wants to know jesus god we come before you this morning we ask that you would give us life and life abundant we ask that you would give us freedom from our sins god we ask for for just a complete cleansing god your word says that if we repent, if we tell you our sins, that you'll forgive us and you'll make us pure and you'll make us white as snow, we will be as righteous as Christ who died for us, who took on what we deserve so that we could have what he deserves, which is sonship, which is being the son of a king. And God, now we get that. Lord, I pray for those in this room who feel like they've been walking in darkness. God, we ask for light immediately right now. The darkness is gone. It cannot stay because there is light. God, would you bring light into our lives? Would we live by wisdom, Lord? Would you bring people into our lives who spur us on towards what's wise? God, would you bring more of your spirit? God, we want more of you, more of you, more of you, Lord. Let us be living lives that are humble and that are wise. We love you, Lord. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.